Listener Production. Okay, are you recording? G'day crew, welcome along to episode 144 of the Howie Games Part A. Our Ashes extravaganza continues this week as we feature former England Test cricketer, broadcaster and all-round entertainer David Lloyd, or Bumble, as he is known affectionately throughout the cricket world. Oh, big shot, huge shot, where's it gone? Into the stands! When Warney was bowling or when Gilly was batting, you couldn't leave the room, you couldn't turn the telly off because those blokes were so captivating you didn't want to miss what was coming next. And for me, some cricket commentators also have that type of pull. They are so good that even if nothing is happening, I'm sticking with them. Richie was like that when I was growing up. Michael Holding, if he's in the box, I'm not going anywhere. And it is the same with Bumble. So you search and try to find, but you don't know where to go. So many thoughts flood through your mind You're confused and want to know Mystery, what is to be? So much more than meets the eye Listen to me, time is your key You will find out by and by I've thought about what it is that captivates me about Bumble and I reckon it's a combination of things. Firstly, it's his voice, that northern English accent. It immediately grabs my attention. Then it's his understanding of the nuances of Test Match Cricket, those delightful little subtleties that only Test Match Cricket has. Bumble is all over those, so that draws me in even further. Then it is his ability to entertain. That's what really gets me. He is laughing away on air, cracking gags, having the time of his life, and in turn, I'm chuckling away on the couch at home. It's brilliant. Typically, when you're listening to Bumble, it's a Test Match from England. So it's late. You want to go to bed, but then... Bumble rolls into the box and there is another half hour of cricket you got to watch because it's Bumble. So many lost and left behind And no one seemed to care Those who should seem like they're blind Pretending they're not there Can't they see they hold the key Could make things better if they try Oh my Jaja, tell me why Won't they open up their eyes This is an episode, as you would expect, full of life and laughs, from facing Lily and Tomo to what his mates at the local pub have been up to, some extraordinary stories there, and some commentary box tales that had me in stitches. A great thrill for me to have Bumble on the pod. Enjoy the story of a man who was born to entertain, David Lloyd. So when you search and then you find And know just where to go And thoughts that once used to cloud your mind You see clearly and now you know Mystery, what is to be Revealed in King Selassie Come on children, try it with me We want to reach Mount Zion Welcome to the Howie Games, a man that's lived a wonderful life in cricket as a youngster, as a player, as an umpire, as a coach, as a commentator known as David Lloyd, but he rolls as Bumble. Had a few technical issues, but the great man is ready to roll, Bumble. Welcome to the Howie Games. How are you, mate? It's lovely to see your face. Oh, it, it, it's great to at long last to get on <laughs> because I'm just I'm just not one of these techno blokes and we've just moved out. I've moved from Lancashire to Yorkshire and I've got my passport stamped and so on. But I don't, I don't know what, what you have over in Australia, but I, I, I can get as far as ring back. So if the phone rings, I can press four numbers, 1471, and I can I can find out who's actually rung. And that's as far as I go. So 
I, can, I, can I thank you for getting me set up on this thing? And it is a complete mystery how my iPad and my iPhone and these earphones are working. <laughs> well, well, let's take it back a step. Um, I was messaging you uh, rather nervously last night um, in my time because I thought we were doing 9am your time. You thought we were doing 9 p.m. your time. There was changes with daylight saving. There was technical issues, but we are here now, Bumble. Yeah, we, we've managed it at long last. I mean, and we, it's what, 12 hours among friends. That's I mean, right. it's 12 hours. <laughs> That's right. It had me more time to prepare. Now tell me, what you just said there, and you emailed me back last week saying you're moving house. So I had to go back and look at the War of the Roses in 1455. What is a Lancashire man doing in Yorkshire? Well, I've married one of them. Right. Is that, is that even legal in your part of the world? Well, I, I can tell you that I came over the M62, which is quite a notorious road, and I come under the cover of darkness and I've got my passport <laughs> and so on. And they're all very suspicious of me because, it, and I'm learning the lingo. I don't know. You must have somewhere in Australia that's exactly like Yorkshire, where they're, they're a bit tight, they're a bit careful with the money. And I'm learning all the little expressions. And the one expression that you need in Yorkshire is, how much? <laughs> It's funny you say that because I almost emailed you as well to say I had the pleasure of living in the UK back in the day when I was working and I didn't find London the friendliest place, David, for a young Australian. But the further north I got, it got friendlier. And by the time I got to Yorkshire, the people couldn't do enough for you. So I reckon in another 40 or 50 years as a local there, surely they will adopt you. Yeah, I'll get there eventually, but... Cricket in this part of the world, in Lancashire and Yorkshire, has been a fantastic vehicle for overseas cricketers and in particular for Australian cricketers going going way back to when I first started. I started in the early 60s and so, you know, a real recollection of getting going in cricket would be Bobby Simpson. Bob oh. Simpson was our professional. So Lancashire League was iconic at the time. Absolutely the best players in the world were playing in Lancashire League, and so a, a love of the game would come hmm. sort of initially from Bob Simpson, who was a wonderful player, and I don't you know Lancashire League cricket, that the, the Barracas and the Larrakas who turn up, they'll let you know if you're no good, they'll let you know. And Bob kicked off, I'm certain Bob kicked off with two ducks. Right. Well, they're shouting, from, they're shouting from the side, who is he, put your pro on, who's your pro, bring your pro. <laughs> And anyway, Bob, he finishes up, Bob, he breaks the league record. I think it's 1,511. And it's only fairly recently, in about the last seven or eight years, that that record has been broken. What I didn't understand, though, and it's a great point you make, Bumble, I was doing some reading before the great Michael Vaughan came on this show a couple of years ago, and I didn't realise that international players at that stage obviously could play in the Lancashire leagues, but they weren't allowed to play for Yorkshire because they only stuck with their locals for a long time. And it was, who was the first overseas player to play for Yorkshire? I know Tendulkar played there early and the Aussie boys, Lehman, et cetera, played there, yeah? Yeah, Tendulkar was the first one. <laughs> and he was a young kid and he, he'd scored one century. But you, you mentioned Darren Lehman and, and they would say the greatest overseas player that they've had, and he was a wonderful player, a great man, Darren Lehman, uh, was a great competitor. When I was Lancashire coach, he, he was 
the gun overseas player at Yorkshire and we, we had some right ding-dongs. We had some good battles. Um, but I would say ju- just a, a great cricket man. He was a wonderful player and they would revere him in Yorkshire still. I mean, I mean, he came, didn't he come across on that 100? Didn't he come and, and do some coaching? In yeah, one he of did. The, uh, I, didn't, I, I didn't agree with that, by the way, celebrity coaches. I, I can't do with that. Right. I don't, I, I'm not having that. Nah, celebrity coaches, no thanks. But he would have fitted into the Yorkshire style of cricket because he's a man that would enjoy the bar as well as the change room, I would have thought, Bumble. Yeah, it, it, that's exactly him. And, and it, it's the type of, of, of the class of cricketer that I'll call a cricket man. Watch the bike lift. It's Lehman again. Driving through the offside. Very much a power player. It's a high bike lift. Picks his spot through extra cover. He's just a man of cricket and he'll have a yarn. And um, when he was the Australia coach, and I remember vividly at, at Trent Bridge where... It's slightly out of town at St Bridge. It's a, a yep. beautiful ground. It holds quite an intimate ground, holds about 18,000. And so he and his coaching staff would sort of march back. They would, they'd be like a battalion marching back with a backpack on. And, they, you know, it's a couple of three miles to get back in. And, and he'd be, I've got to tell you this, that when he got back, he'd be a bit thirsty. <laughs> That sounds like the great buffer. Hey, there's so much I would love to talk to you about and I really appreciate your time, as I said, and I'm thrilled that you're on the podcast. You've got so many fans in this part of the world. But after all the time you've spent in cricket, before we delve into the nitty-gritty, what is it about the game that you love? What has kept you invested playing, coaching, umpiring and commentating for 60 years of your life, Bumble? Yeah, it, it, it is a, a great game and it's a great vehicle for friendships, um, camaraderie. It's a thinking game. You've got to think. Um, it, it can be a bit like chess. It can be a bit raucous. And from a, from a job that I do now, which commentary, and the way that I look at it is is that every delivery, I, I have no idea what's coming. Every de- So every delivery is an event. I have not a clue what's going to happen. And I know that a lot of people turn up with books. They've, they've got books full of stats and what have you. And I've never done that. And, you know, I, I don't think a lot of commentators who I would admire and revere d- didn't turn up with, with books of stats because I've got a stats man. I've got a fella here and he'll give me his, the stats. He'll give me the relevant stuff. But I see my job as a commentator, I'm looking at my monitor, I'm glancing at the game, and I'm reacting to every ball. And some balls, are here, as you know, they're that bad you don't say anything. Yeah. That, there's nothing to say. There's, <laughs> there's nothing to say. And and it, it, it's a, a, a different... Sometimes it's a different environment that you go into... Sort of in the UK, our directors and producers will be telling us time and time and time again, less is more, shut up, shut up, let the game go, let it go. And some parts of the world that you've got to talk, 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 talk. And when you get into Asia, talk, 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 and you press your lazy switch, I've nothing to say. When I was starting out on TV... I saw so many people with so many notes and I thought, oh, that's the way to go. And it mm. didn't work for me. So no. I'm a man out of your own book that yeah. as long as I know the players, then 
that'll about do me because it, it gets too confusing in my head. Otherwise, Bumble, if I've got all these stats, because as you say, you've got you got someone there for you. Yeah, that's exactly it. And you know, we'll talk about the, the great commentators. And I had goosebumps when I, I did a, a game at the G at the MCG, and it was for Channel Nine. And I, they, they put me alongside Bill Laurie. Oh wow! In the has gone. Well put. The grass got two, it's two for four. Well, I mean, I, 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 for me, ju- just for me, absolute goosebumps. And and I know what Bill's like, and I've got all the Billy Birmingham tapes and so on. <laughs> and just to sit with him, I, and I thought, you know, there's a bit of a pause. And the ground had been redeveloped to the yep. from the commentary position to the right, it had been redeveloped. And I, I, couldn't, I couldn't resist it, so I just said, um, you know, this this ground, no, it's quite half-decent, Bill. <laughs> oh, Bill and the MCG, be careful. Oh, oh, talk about put a fly on the water. <laughs> half-decent, man. This is a G, this is MCG. <laughs> uh, one of my favourites as well, because I think we both like entertainment in sport. I've gathered that from your comments. All right, take me back. What What is the first game of cricket? Bumble, you can remember playing as a youngster. What's the first game you have in your mind? And I'm taking you back a while now. Yeah, it would be on a, a local playing field for the local school, um, local primary school, and I was a little lad, played, so it's under 11s and I'd be eight, and we played on the local field. And there, there wasn't a, a pitch as such. They put some stumps in and we had a game against another ground. The significant thing about that is that that local playing field was bang next to Accrington Cricket Club. Uh-huh. Bang next to it. And so the attraction of the game saw a young kid, an eight-year-old, that's got hand-eye coordination. I could catch and I could throw it and I could hit it. And so my dad's mates were members down at the cricket club. Fetch him down, bring him down. And there's the seed of cricket from 8, 9, 10, 11 and then into senior school and I, I wasn't clever, I went to a secondary school so the school master um, saw that I could uh, was reading that I could play a bit I'm playing for Accrington seconds and thirds and he sent me for Lancashire trials Lancashire schoolboy trials this is how lucky it, it was at that time Lancashire schools played on Old Trafford played on the ground. And so you turn up, you're playing for Lancashire boys. I've borrowed all the kit from Accrington. I've got my kit bag because we couldn't afford it. So I've took a bat and a pair of gloves out of the club bag, pair of pads. <laughs> I get, I think I got 40 or 50 and four wickets as a 15-year-old. Huh. And in no time, I joined the staff. And so I, 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 didn't, I didn't really finish my education at school um, because I joined... Because at right place, right time, doing okay at Old Trafford for Lancashire boys and then getting picked up by Lancashire Cricket Club as an apprentice player. And, and I worked during the winter months, I, I worked on the ground as an apprentice joiner. And what that meant was mending toilet seats, mending toilet doors, mending seats. And, you know, you, you, your ambition... What I'm trying to get at is your ambition is to drive forward, drive forward, get better, get on the full staff, not as an apprentice. And so how do you do that? Well, you work hard, you practice hard, you do more than everybody else. 
And and that in a nutshell is it really that that you or, or I looked at it was fiercely determined to get away from where I was. That's Accrington, living in a terraced house, two up, two down. Sort of fierce determination to better myself. How do you do that? You work harder than the rest. So a couple of questions to come out of that. When you said you borrowed your kit, uh, we're lucky enough to have had a lot of cricketers on this show and they all smile when they talk about what was their first bat they can actually yeah. remember having. Yeah. What, do you remember your first bat that was yours? Yeah, it was a Ken Barrington autograph. Right. And it would probably be a, a surridge. I reckon it was a surridge Ken Barrington autograph, which I got from the local sports shop, Gibson Sports. <laughs> um, you, the, the other thing, here's one for all these big shots now. Yeah. All these big shots, that get <laughs> they get 3,000 bats every they year, do. don't they? They do. Yeah. We, we, when I was at I joined Lancashire Cricket Club, and you, you, I was that good, I was that good that I could get two bats for the price of one. <laughs> it would, <laughs> And these two bats do me for two seasons. There's n- no way that I'm going to break them and spend another four pounds eleven shillings. <laughs> four pounds yeah. eleven shillings. So if your first, if yeah. you if your first bat was a Stuart Surridge, can you remember your first hundred in any form of cricket? Uh, first hundred, yeah, would definitely be for Lanks. That would right. be against. Uh, it'd be against uh, one of the university teams, I think. Okay, um, and I promptly there were me and this older guy who who he joined uh, Graham Atkinson, lovely fella. He joined from Somerset, and he were an established player. And it were me and him vying vying for this opening spot. And I'm just I'll be eighteen probably seventeen, eighteen, and I promptly ran him out. <laughs> 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 I mean, I mean that's a touch of the boycotts. That is, I've, I've, I've run him out, and I, I got 140, and then they picked me. They picked me. I've run him out for none. He didn't get any. A touch of the boycotts. I, I, yeah. I, I, when I was doing a bit of reading about your bumble, it made me laugh because I had the pleasure years ago. We had this thing in Australia called a Forex Gold Beach Cricket and all these fantastic cricketers. I mean, you know, um, Darren Goff and Graham Gooch. Uh, I the, remember the West Indies was uh, Viv yeah. Richards and these yeah. guys. It, it was incredible. And Alan Donald and Sean Pollock. Mm. And Gra- Graham started working with us in commentary, like uh, calling it commentary. I was running around on the sand interviewing these blokes I grew up idolising as part of the coverage. And I wasn't aware about Gucci's career test record. And mm. I, someone was talking about their first test match. And I naturally said to Graham next to me, oh, how'd you go in your first test? And he looked at me <laughs> and he thought I was taking the piss because he scored a pair. That's and it. he thought I knew that. Yeah. A very sad moment for Graham Gucci, a pair in his first test match. There was nothing at all he could do about that. And so I'm a bit reluctant to ask you about your first uh, first class county game for Lancashire for similar reasons, Bumble. To be honest, I was I was really consistent. I got Norton Nort in my first one, and then I got I got Norton Nort in my first Roses match. I got Norton Nort in my first Test trial, and I I think I think they picked me then out of curiosity. Can this? <laughs> <laughs> Can this block? What does he do? Um, I, I mean, there's many, many notables. I mean, I mean, I, when 
this is back in the 60s, so I'm making my way. Yeah. And if you were 12th man, you actually were 12th man at home, so at Lancashire, at Manchester. Yeah. You were 12th man, actually, for the team that you were playing. They'd come up and just bring you 11. And so Kent turn up and Colin Cowdery's captain. And one of them gets injured, and you could only go off if you're injured. That's the only way, way you could go off if you're okay. injured. So one of them goes off. Can, can they borrow a 12th man? So it's me. <laughs> I'm on for 10 minutes and I've thrown two down. I've shoved two down straight away. One at mid-off and one at mid-on. Down, clang, down, clang. Well, you've dropped two catches. Dropped two in, in 10 minutes. And and so off I go. This this guy comes back on after his treatment. Yeah. And Colin Cowdery, I mean, he was a really posh bloke, Colin Cowdery. After the game, he says to Brian Statham, the, the young man that came on, what is his role in the game exactly? <laughs> Back to Bumble in a moment. Now, for the last of our Ashes extravaganzas, I'm going to keep you guessing. There's not enough mystery in the modern world. All will be revealed next Thursday. Let's get back to Bumble. Now, this is, uh, you're testing me here. Did Clive Lloyd play for Lancashire? Did you play yeah. with Clive Lloyd? Yeah, yeah. Clive and Farouk Engineer were our overseas players. What was Clive and, Lloyd? And the, I can remember him as a kid, like the big, the big cat in the covers. Yeah, the big cat. The yeah. big cat. Uh, he's big now, let me tell you Is that. He? He's big yeah. now. Oh, yeah. yeah. Not, yeah. It doesn't move um, quite so well, Clive. Well, well, and, and Farouk looks like he's just eaten two small children. <laughs> And, yeah, um, and, and, but they were, I, I mean, just to say, as overseas players, they still live in the area. Okay. Wazim Akram, just the same. Wazim has a house just, just south of the ground. Does he? And still turns up there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. So and they were they were wonderful overseas players and, and they were great times. You, know, you just mentioned earlier, Viv Richards, Joel Garner. Barry Richards, Gordon Greenwich, Andy Roberts, Wayne Daniel. Wow. You know, there were some tasty players around. Very tasty. Yeah. Your test debut, we go to the 20th of June, 1974. And England captain Mike Dines had no hesitation in batting after winning the toss. Versus India at Lords. And YouTube is an amazing thing because I, I went back and had a look and I found your first ever test run, just a nice little sort of little little drive through mid-on and you're away. David Lloyd leisurely pushing it away to score his first run in Test match cricket. The, the cricketers now, you know, there's a big build-up and big ceremony and they get presented the caps and it's in the paper. How did you find out you were going to play for England? You get a letter and, and you got your letter inviting you to play, not saying you're playing. You got you, you got an invite to play. Did you? And you had to, re, yeah, you reply and say, yes, I'd, I'd very much like to play. Thank you. <laughs> um, and then, you, you you know, you'd get your your cap and your sweaters sort of given to you. There was no no presentation on the ground or anything like that. You, do, do you, do you uh, know the letter's coming or does it literally arrive in the mail and it's a surprise? You get a you get a a sort of inkling from a, a selector. I you know that you know and your your own guys would know that we we think you're playing. And then the secretary of the club, or the club, the, the the letter went to the secretary of the club. It didn't come to you, and so the secretary would say you've been selected to play for England, and you need to get down there um, at Lords, and this is when you turn up and. 
and so on. So, and we, I always, we used to meet the night before, night before, that was it. Didn't, you didn't practice the day before, you met the night before, had a meal together and got introduced around. Um, and then, you know, you did battle the day after, that was it. Tell me in your words about your second test. It's a sweep shot again, which is going to bring in 50. It's an easy three runs here. It's a long way down to that boundary and Amos comfortably into his ground. Lloyd takes three, moves on to 52, his first 50 in the test match. Which was obviously an extraordinary performance for a young man waking, making his way in test cricket. And that's a good shot. Beatty just got the fingertips to it. He didn't move slowly to it. He was across very quickly, but Lloyd timed that perfectly. And his 100 comes up now. A fine performance from this Lancashire captain. Really splendid effort in his second test match. 214 not out. And you are using a Stuart Surridge at the time, yeah. I did notice, so yeah. I don't know if it was the same bat from the day. Um, yeah. Um, now, are we allowed to swear on this, are we, or not? My word, we are. Right. Well, I got when it, I got to 100, I got to 150, I got to 200. Just imagine somebody like Michael Slater getting 200. Yeah. He would, I mean, he would do a lap. He would be jumping hurdles. He'd do a full lap of the ground. He'd be kissing the badge and so on, as they all do. Yeah. They all do. I got to 200 with a little inside edge to mid-wicket and got through for a single. And it must have been Mike Dennis as somebody came and shook hands and there's sort of muted applause around the ground. <laughs> muted applause. Coming through, Fletcher doing a good job there, backing up well, allowing David Lloyd to get that single straight away, taking him on to 200. And that's a tremendous performance by the Lancashire captain, appreciated by this crowd here today and all the Indian cricketers. And I lifted my cap. I thought, well, you've got to lift your cap. So I lifted my cap and put it back on. As I'm just settling down for the next ball, there's one lone voice <laughs> from the members' pavilion who shouted, how much fucking longer? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. So I'll take it, I'll take it it wasn't an enterprising innings. <laughs> Yeah, but 200 in test cricket is 200 in yeah. 10. That can never be taken away from you. That's an extraordinary achievement. That, it is. I mean, I, one of the lads I work with now, Rob Key, he got a double 100 in a test match. He's just the same as me. He got 200 and nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> well, for, for your um, for, for your reward, if you can call it, you get to, and this will come out just prior to the Ashes, and there's so much excitement in this country for the Ashes and hopefully the country is opening up then because we've been through a pretty tough time. As a reward for you yet to go on the 1974-75 Ashes trip, I was reading about this, Bumble, and I love to talk to you about the great contest that, that took place, but Wisden said, and I quote to you here, Bumble, because I'm not a man for quoting typically about that series, Never in the 98 years of Test cricket have batsmen been so grievously bruised and battered by ferocious, hostile, short-pitched balls. Are they your immediate memories when I say 74, 75 Ashes? They were just better than we were. They were quicker and, you know, there were a fair amount of short deliveries, which is fair enough. Um, you know, you had to get out of the way. You weren't going to take the ball on. They were too quick. 
I can't think of any of our batters who took the hook on. No. Um, because, because they were too quick. So um, fair play to them. I thought they were a, a great bunch of blokes. The traditions were there. That I, I wouldn't say we were battered and bruised. There were John Edricks caught one in the ribs. Keith Fletcher got it on the head. I got one in the knackers. And that's about it. it you know, they were, they were just a quality team. Uh, but fantastically led. You know, and I, would, I, I think on the outside looking in that I think that team had issues with authority as well. I think mm. that they yep. they were sort of railing against authority as well, which galvanised the team. What did you guys know about Tomo and... Nothing, nothing. N- nothing. So, so you look back at the vision and as a young bloke, you grow up on these stories of he's the quickest of all time. Tell me about facing Jess, Jeff Thompson. How fast was fast? Like you, you, your first test match was in Perth, 49-35, by the way, so you did a bloody good job of it. But how fast was fast as far as Tomo goes? So it's now Thompson to Lloyd. Nasty one. He could be out there. And he is. He's caught by Mallet in the gully. The easiest of catches from a rising ball from Thompson. And Lloyd is out. Faster than anything that you'd seen before, so, so that that that's significant. Faster than any, I, I, I can't put a, a mileage on it, but I, I will tell you this: he was a fantastic athlete. He's, he's right out the sticks. He's as fit as you could imagine. He got shoulders like you've never seen, and he could bowl all day. There were none of this. He can only put. Oh, he's a fast bowler. He can only do five or five overs. He would still be coming at you in that last session. So he was supremely fit. So faster than anything that you've come up against before. Now, now that, that is quite telling. And, you know, when you've come up against, you know, lads in county cricket, some quick bowlers knocking about. But this bloke on those pitches was something else. He were different gravy. And the, the 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 thing that when you said how did you did you know about him? We thought it was Froggy Thompson from Melbourne. <laughs> Different bloke. We, honestly, <laughs> we thought this they've picked this bloke Thompson. The fella, <laughs> he, he, he jumped up at the end of his running. Yeah, that's him. <laughs> and, and then and then Queensland play Jeff Thompson against us in the in the warm up game. Tomo comes on telly, he said, I've kept a load in reserve, I'm miles quicker than that. And he was dead right. <laughs> and <laughs> and he, he get, Tomo, Tomo gets the shits with me because um, I've, I've sort of, in, in a different life, I used to sort of do, do after dinner speaking and, and talk about this, the, the blow in the knackers that I got and go into great detail. And, and I think Tomo's fed up of it. Um, mainly because I were getting paid to do it. Um, to, and and he's, he's gone on telly and said, the bloke's talentless. He ain't got any talent at all. <laughs> T- tell us, tell us, because I was looking at you getting hit in the knackers as you so eloquently said it, and, and, the, and the commentary. So people have got to understand the the protective equipment is so much different. You, you don't have a helmet on. Thompson Deloitte. And hit badly there that time. It was a nasty one. 
And the commentary says, Bumble, uh, you're on your, you're on the ground yeah. after getting hit in the box from Tomo. And the commentary says, Cowrie signals for a glass of water. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Uh, Lloyd's in a fair amount of pain. Cowrie signals for a glass of water. Now, I don't know what a glass of water was going to do to help you at that point, to be honest. Well, I, when I got off and saw I had that little lightsome on, just a pink lightsome that had split. That, so that, the it, big it problem was this, this thing had split. It split yeah. the box. Yeah. So oh. when you the, you get off and just, you know, the backup staff now. Yeah. The, the backup. We are Bernard. We had a bloke called Bernard. <laughs> Who, who did everything as far as I could see. He was were, were the physio and did a bit of tra- bit of training. So I've gone off and he, he, my, everything's sort of pulsating and, and, and it's gone red. Everything's gone red. And Bernard, in his, his medical capacity, got a, a big, like, pint pot, pint glass, filled it with ice water and I'm sat with it all dangling in. Oh, so, I mean, that was a medical prognosis. It was, he's got to sit there with all his tackle dangling in this cold water. And that were it. Yeah. And then they had to go back out there. So that's Tomo. What about the great Dennis Keith Lilly, who's still a massive hero in this part of the world? Why was he a, a 355 test wicket man? Well, the atmosphere electric and Lilly into bowl, the last ball of the day. He's bowled him! He's bowled him! The last ball of the day. Lily getting one to nip back, finding the inside edge and bowling out for Richards. Well, what a magnificent start for Australia. The West Indies four down for ten and the crowd absolutely ecstatic. Well, the great man doing it on the last ball of the day, getting rid of the real West Indian danger man. Um, because, again, the, the way that he came back from injury, yep. the determination, the fitness... An absolute artist. You, you mentioned Jimmy Anderson earlier. Jimmy Anderson has finished up like a Rembrandt. Yeah, it's a great description. He's, he, he's, he, he's an artist. And Dennis Lilly was just the same. And if you go back over the years and you ask fast bowlers, who, who, who's, who's the daddy? Who's the main man? There's that many of them said Dennis Lilly. Yeah. There's that many of them would say Dennis Lilly, Dennis Lilly. Um he was quick enough and he was, I mean, he was at you all the time. You know, he didn't, there, no respite. There's no easy runs. Um, he, he, and he was, I mean, I keep coming back to supremely fit. You, you, we, lose, we lose track. When we see a 70-odd-year-old and think, well, did he, he, he ball quick? Yeah, he did when he was twenty-five. Make no mistake, because they they were fit. They were naturally fit and strong, and athletic. And so, you know, getting back to Dennis Lilly is one of the greatest that there's been. That is the end of David Lloyd Part A. The stories keep rolling in Part B. Listener.